Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. For more videos, messages, and content, be sure to subscribe to our channels on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for a great way to stay connected throughout the week. Tune in as Pastor Jason brings this week's message from our series, Optics. I, I want to I continue our, our series on optics, talking about vision. And just in a personal way today, I want to wrap it up. Next weekend is going to be about our corporate vision, what we're all doing together. But just want to talk about your vision and how you're seeing the world. Are, are you seeing the world through the right perspective, through the lens of God's Word, through the lens of how God would call you to see it? How, how about yourself in your own life? Are you seeing you through the right lens of God's identity for your life and not, not who you are earthly, but who God says you are from a Heavenly Father perspective? And how are you seeing God? I don't know if you realize this or not, but sometimes what's going on in here is changing how we see who He is. And sometimes we're looking at God through the lens of maybe some brokenness or pain, and it's, it's shadowing who God is in our lives. And I, I want to I talk about personal vision today and our, our anchor scripture for uh, these collection, this collection of talks is Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And Jesus is just saying that what's in here is affecting what you're seeing out there. That, that what's going on in your heart and your mind is setting some things that you're seeing. And if, if this goes dark, then everything goes dark. And we talked about in week one about how vision is the lamp of your life. And if, if that vision goes out, then it affects everything that you see. And your whole world goes dark. And one of the reasons Jesus came, I want you to notice this. I'm not going to read it, but he, he said in Luke 4, Jesus went away, was tempted of the enemy, fasted for 40 days, came back from the wilderness, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and he came and he said some things that he came to do, uh, came to preach the acceptable year of God's favor, good news to the poor, and one of the things he said he would do, watch this, he said, I came to bring recovery of sight to the blind. And we, we know that has a physical context because Jesus physically healed blind people when he was on the earth. He opened the eyes of the blind, and we, we believe in God's ability to heal. But it wasn't just physical, it was also spiritual. That those who were having spiritual blindness, that they could have their eyes open to see the goodness of God. He came to be, come on somebody, the light of the world so that we could see a better vision, so that we could see a better hope, so that we could see better things that God has for our lives. Because how many of you know that we live in a dark world? Like the world's dark. It's a dark place. Somebody turned the lights off. And Scripture tells us this. In fact, Paul makes it really clear in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Those who don't believe. They're sitting in spiritual darkness. They're blinded. 
they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Christ Jesus is Lord and we ourselves are just simply your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. And watch this. He said, we now have this light. Watch where it's showing. We now have this light shining in our hearts. That we've seen the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And it's affected what's going on in here. And and we live, Paul makes it clear, we live in a dark world because the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And we live in a dark world. But how many of you know God's called us to be people of light? Like we're, we're, we're supposed to see differently than the world sees. Like we're not supposed to see and have the same vision as the world around us. We're called to see differently because we've seen the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We've seen who he is. And the Bible says something incredible about God. It says that God sees differently than we do. That God, it, the psalmist said it this way, that darkness and light are the same to him. In other words, there's nothing concealed and nothing revealed to God. He sees everything. Like we, we live in a world where things can be concealed, and that means they have to be revealed, but they're both the same to him. There, there's no difference between day or night. There's nothing concealed or revealed to God. He's just lucky that way. He just sees everything clearly. But we don't, we don't see it that way. God sees things perfectly And we live in a dark world, so what God is trying to do is God is trying to bring vision. He's trying to help us see what we don't see, but God sees for us. That he sees out ahead of us. And and God is trying to give us this vision so that he can give direction to our life. Because what vision is, is vision is the headlights of your life. it's, It's setting the direction of your life. The other day, Heidi and I were... We're going to visit a couple uh, at their home, and, and they lived out in the swamps of Florida. It was night. It was pitch dark. We're driving down this narrow road, and there's a canal on, along the side of the road. And at night in Florida, and everywhere our headlights hit, it seemed like every few feet there were just a pair of eyes staring back at us, just alligators lining that entire canal. And it just gave me this overwhelming understanding that I didn't need to turn in that direction. Like that, that's not a place I need to go. And for many of us, watch this, we live in a dark world and we're trying to navigate our lives, but we've let the headlights of our light go out. And, and we're, we're turning and trying to navigate in, in the darkness. And what God wants to do is step in and turn the headlights on so that you can see the path that God wants to take you on. This vision, when you talk about vision, Vision is what sets the direction of your life. It's what sets the direction of a person. It's what sets the direction of a church. That's why we'll have a a vision weekend next weekend because we just want to set the direction. And when you talk about vision, you talk about direction. Proverbs 29, 18 tells us this. When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, watch this, heaven's bliss fills your soul. 
Anybody want some heaven's bliss to fill your soul? The original translation says, where there's no vision, people perish. The English Standard Version says it this way, just because I like to read a lot of versions of the Bible. It says that where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. And what's it talking about? It's talking about seeing what, you, what God wants you to see. The, the, the Word of God, getting a vision, a divinely inspired vision, is going to set direction in your life because without vision, we become opportunistic. You ever just jumped at an opportunity because it was an opportunity? And then once you took that opportunity, you realized that wasn't a very good opportunity. It was just an opportunity. And without vision setting something for us, we, we just take whatever opportunities are around us. When I was, when I was single, uh, I, I attended a church that was pretty small. And so I was really one of the only people in my age group and I was at that age where, you're, you know, you're thinking about marriage, you're wanting to find someone. And in the small church that I was in, there was only one other girl in the church that was kind of in that dating range where it's not creepy, you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so I, I, I didn't really, honestly, I, I wasn't that, I didn't think she was for me and I didn't know that I was, I don't think I was for her, but... I kind of got it in my head that I was going to ask this girl on a date uh, because she was the only one in the church that was my age. And I was, I was like lonely and wanting companionship and wanting to have somebody in my life. And I casually mentioned it to, to somebody that I was thinking about asking this girl out. And they went, really? And that was when I began to second guess my decision. Because the reality is, is she, she, I mean, it wasn't a fit. It was obvious that it wasn't a fit, that, that that wasn't the one that God had for me. It was just somebody who was there. And I go back and I think about that. If in that limited vision, I would have asked her out, we both might have been in a desperate enough state that we would have moved forward with that relationship, even though we weren't right for each other. And I would have missed the vision of beauty and hotness that's sitting on the front row right now. And y'all, y'all pray for that other girl because she missed out on all of this. All of it. <laughs> but I wonder sometimes, I mean, how many, how many times are you just making a decision because that's what the world has handed you? Because that's the only opportunity you see. That's the only way that you can see to get where you want to go. And so you take whatever opportunities the world hands you, whatever opportunities circumstances give you, whatever comes your way, that's, that's what the world does. We live in darkness, so all we see is, oh, there's this way to do relationships. Oh, there's this way to do life. Oh, there's this way to respond to this. And it's so limited, and it's in darkness. And what God's trying to do is give you vision and direction that, hey, you don't have to respond and just be opportunistic and jump at every opportunity that comes your way. Because I want to give you a vision of better things, of a better future, of something more than you could imagine, that more than you could think, because God's trying to take you to a place, come on somebody, where heaven's bliss can fill your soul, and he can take you to a place that's blessed. So we don't, have to, we don't have to be opportunistic and just jump at, at moments and opportunities because that's all there is. 
And God's trying to give you a better picture, get you to a better place. It's, it's dangerous when, when our world goes dark. As Jesus said, if, if, if your world goes dark, then how great is that darkness? And what God's trying to do is get divinely inspired, illuminated word, illuminated promises in your life that can give you a path that takes you to a place of blessing, give you direction. And sometimes we're just basing decisions on such a limited earthly vision, we're missing what God wants for our lives. So how does, how does God bring light into our hearts? How does he get the light into our lives so that we can see where God wants us to go? I want to give you three ways today that God brings vision into your life. And the, and the first is really simple. It's, it's just the Bible. How many of you know that God's word is a book of vision? Like it's a book of vision. It's wanting you to see some better things. The world will just show you sickness and hurt and pain. God's word wants to show you healing and hope and wholeness. The, the, the world will show you, and your circumstances will show you despair. God wants to show you hope. The world will show you lack and poverty. God wants to show you blessing and success. Like God's word wants to show you, the world will just show you sin and chaos and guilt and shame. And God's word saying, hey, there's grace, there's mercy, there's salvation, there's God's goodness. It's just, it's a great big book of vision is what it is. And in Psalms 119 is the, is the longest book of the Bible. It, it's an eternity to read. If you ever read it, you've already read about half of the Bible. It's, it's insane. It's, it's 176 verses long. But what's incredible about it is 171 out of 176 verses talk about the Word of God. It's just all about the psalmist. We don't know who wrote it. A lot of people think David, but we don't know that for sure. It's just all about the psalmist loving the word of God. Like, I, I listen to your law, Lord. I, I, I respond to your decrees. Like, my heart is open to your word. In Psalms 119 and verse 105, which you have to read a long time to get to 105, says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet, and it's a light to my path. That, that God's word is illuminating, that it's, it's trying to illuminate our path because God's word is a book of vision. It's given to us by God who sees it all so that we who are living in darkness can have the path illuminated so that we can go to the place that God wants us to go. That God's trying to bring revelation. He's trying to bring light so that we can make better choices so that we can make better decisions, so that we can find direction, so that it can guide me from sitting in darkness to walking in the light of the right path that God has for our life. But I've noticed something, and that is this, is sometimes we're really good at using the Bible for inspiration, but we don't use it for information. Like We're really good at being Pinterest Christians and posting all of the stuff that sounds pretty and it looks great because how many of you know that the Bible really is an inspiring book? Like it's full of inspiration. I love, I quote this all the time, a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand. Uh, doesn't that make you want to go fight somebody, like physically fight somebody right now? Like I, I, want, to, I want to fight. I would lose because I'm not a violent person, but still, it's inspiring. But the problem is if you only have inspiration, 
it doesn't change the direction of your life. Because many times we're good at quoting things like the prophet Jeremiah says, I know the future that I have for you, a future uh, that, to bless you and to give you hope. And, I, and I've got this future for you. The problem is if you only use it for inspiration and not information, the future doesn't change. Like if you keep eating the way that you're eating, the future is still heart disease. If you keep spending money the way that you're spending money, the future is still bankruptcy. If you keep treating your spouse the way that you're treating your spouse, the future is still divorce. If you don't start working on the tension in your marriage and getting things out and dealing with the problems, because there's nothing about the inspiration that's going to change, but there is information in the word of God that says, if you can apply some information to your life and quit making choices based on the darkness that you're sitting in and start making choices based on the information contained in the word of God, then every step of your direction is going to be taking you to someplace better. And that's why, that's why the, the Bible says that your word is a lamp to guide my feet and it's a light for my path. And what a lot of people do is we want to see what's out in the future and we want to get there, but we want God to show us what's out there instead of just believing that God is showing me what's here. And sometimes we want to see our next step, but what God is showing us in his word is the now step. And you're never going to see the next step until you take the now step and just believe and trust that God is guiding every one of my footsteps and every footstep I take according to the word of God is taking me to better places and better things and I'm never going to see the next step till I take the now step and we see it every time we do baptism weekend there's people who want to see how all of this life is going to work out and I just tell them you're never going to see the next step till you take the now step and take the plunge to get in the waters and go to where God wants you to go and then God will just keep revealing step after step moment after moment taking you into his plans and his purpose and seeing your life through to where God wants you to go. And I just want to encourage you. It's given for each step of the journey. And yeah, man, there's so much vision. But you may not see it all instantaneously. But here's the promise of the word of God. I'll eliminate every step you're supposed to take. And it's going to take you to a place where heaven's bliss will fill your soul. Here's the second way the vision comes into our life is vision comes into our lives through other people. And I, I actually think that this next part of the message may not be super popular, and so I've been a little bit excited about it. Vision comes into our life through other people. And Jesus talked about being careful who you follow. And we live under this deception that we're not influenced by other people. And we're, we, we are. The question isn't if I'm influenced by other people. The question is how am I influenced by other people? Because even the clothes that you're wearing are influenced by an image of what you think a man should be or what you think a woman should be or what you think a person your age should be. It's influenced. It's influenced. The, the things that you think, the words that you say, is that the reality is, is there's either light or darkness coming into our lives through other people. And so Jesus said to be careful who you allow to influence you because they're, they're doing something to you. And, and I, I want to stress it because I, I, I know, I, 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 hear, I hear the rumblings in your heart right now. Like I, I'm not influenced by other people. You are definitely influenced by other people. 
Their words, their thoughts are shaping pictures in your mind. And Jesus was talking about the Pharisees, and he said to be careful about them. Watch this, Matthew 15, 14. He said, so ignore them because they are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they're going to both fall into the ditch. Like, sometimes we're, we're, we're getting advice and instruction from people who are sitting in darkness. We're in darkness, and we're getting instruction from people who are in darkness trying to get to the light. The other day, I was, I was at the gym because I just spend an enormous amount of time at the gym. If I'm not at church, I'm pretty much at the gym. And I, I was working out, and backstory is... Uh, I wanted, I had two goals recently, is I wanted to be stronger in my 40s than I was in my 20s, which isn't very difficult because I was a weakling in my 20s, um, and so I've already accomplished that, and then the other, the other thing was I wanted to be able to do pull-ups. I have never been able to do pull-ups in my life. Don't judge me. <laughs> Most of you couldn't do a pull-up to save your life. Um, and I just wanted to do pull-ups. So what do you do? I mean, you just start trying to do pull-ups. And so it's embarrassing whenever you go to the gym and you can't do something. And, you know, there's always some jerk next to you, like, knocking out 40 of them. They're, like, with ease. And you're just like, chill it, dude. You know, like, calm, calm down. And, and so I'm, I'm struggling. And this, this guy sees me. And he goes, you don't need to be doing that. And I'm like, first of all, He's offering unsolicited workout advice. <laughs> and I have earbuds in, which is the international sign for, I don't want unsolicited workout advice. Leave me alone. And he goes, you, you don't need to be doing that. You need to be doing it. And he said another exercise. And he was like, you're too tall for that. Like, you tall people can't do pull-ups and he starts literally talking about the way your muscle tissues connect and and he's just going on all, about all of this stuff and I, I, I'm like sir but I, I, I know what that exercise is I actually people don't know this I actually have a degree in physical education and I'm like I know more than you I'm in better shape than you um, and so I'm like no, I, I want to do pull-ups I, I have a vision in my life of me doing <laughs> pull-ups and he's telling me you know like oh big guys can't do pull-ups and you need to be doing something else and and all of this stuff we end up in this like super polite non-confrontational argument with each other you ever do that where one's saying one thing and you're trying to be kind but you're like no we're not doing that and then so finally it goes all the way around and he's like well let's see it let's see how many you can do and y'all I did more pull-ups than I've ever done in my life I was so fired up I did two pull-ups. It, it was amazing. Incredible. But the reality is, is he had no idea what he was talking about. Like he had no, he had no clue. There's plenty of people bigger than me that can do pull-ups. It's possible. And if I didn't have a vision of something of like, that's where I want to go, then this guy would have been talking me out of where I wanted to go because he's a blind guy. And if I would have been living in blindness, he would have been directing me somewhere that I didn't want to go. And I wonder sometimes how many times at work we're getting marriage advice from somebody whose marriage is in darkness and they're not walking in the light. And we're getting advice in our life from 
people who are just blind guides and we're living in blindness and all of us are falling in the ditch and God is wanting to get you around some people and I believe that you're in the right place today because I believe that you're around some big faith, big vision people who believe we serve a big God who has big things in store for you that wants to get light into your life that you need to be in a small group, that you need to be in a team, that you need to be around people who are not sitting in darkness, that they've got vision for their life, and you can get a little light from them to help you see where you're going to go. And that's why, watch this. The Apostle, Paul, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, I love the confidence that Paul had. He said, if you want to go towards Jesus, just get behind me because that's the direction my life is going to go. And I pray that's our church. I pray we have so much confidence in our God that we say, if you want to move forward in your life, just follow me in my footsteps because I've got my vision set on better things and better promises and the goodness of God. And that's the direction my life is going to go. I can't tell you how many times people who are sitting in darkness and negativity have tried to guide our church. And guys, we're just not going to let that happen because we are big faith people and we will not limit a big God by small-minded thinking. We're going to be people of unreasonable faith, believing that the best is yet to come, that God's going to do extraordinary things. You've got to be careful because people who sit in darkness will try to share their darkness. And you need to be around people that have light that can help you see vision because it's how, it's how vision comes into your life. The third thing is this, is the third way that God brings vision into our lives is, is through dreams and vision that are downloaded by spirit inspiration. That God has a way of downloading things by the Holy Spirit into our lives. How many of you know that we should be people who dream dreams and have vision in our life? Like that's, that's, that's the heritage of the people of God. And, you know, when you talk about dreams and vision, first of all, God will, God will never give you a, a dream or a vision that goes contrary to his already established word. What God does is he takes the word of God and by the Holy Spirit, takes the, 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 the established word of God that's for every, every person on the planet but by the Holy Spirit he takes, he takes a little bit of that word and by the Holy Spirit downloads it into your heart in a personal way it's the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit like it's what's happening right now God takes this lunacy and this craziness that I do that the Bible calls the foolishness of preaching and then the Holy Spirit is an incredible translator because he just translates it into everybody's heart right where they are. And that's what God does. He takes the word of God. He doesn't contradict himself to give you some dream that's outside of the word of God. He, he just, he takes it by the Holy Spirit. He just says, this is just for this person. This is for your life. I'm going to personalize it. I'm going to context it. And I'm going to invest it into your heart and into your life. The other thing God will never do is God will never give you a dream or a vision that's just for you. It's always going to be for a bigger purpose. How do you know if it's a dream? If it's just about you, that's great. Maybe that's a personal pursuit. But God dreams always have something attached to a greater purpose that God wants to use us for. And it's the promise that we have. It's the great promise of the Word of God that we'd be people who would dream dreams. We would 
see vision. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 30, or 28 through 29, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit, watch this, on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And a lot of people mistakenly think that the Holy Spirit is just this New Testament thing, like Jesus went away and sent the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit was present in Genesis 1. The Spirit moved on the face of the deep, and then God said, let there be light. The Spirit was present. The Spirit was with Moses when he raised the rod of God and the Red Sea parted. The Spirit of God was on David when he overcame Goliath. The the Spirit of God was on Samson when he worked with supernatural strength. The Spirit of God clothed Gideon, the Bible says, and and commissioned him to lead Israel. The Spirit of God came on Daniel in the lion's den, shut the mouths of the lions, gave Daniel the ability to interpret dreams, to know what dreams were and then interpret them. The Holy Spirit was on Ezekiel, showing him wild and crazy things. That's always a fun book to read. The Holy Spirit was there, but it was only for select people who were doing certain things. And so the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is the Holy Spirit was only for a few select people. But Joel said there's going to be a day when the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out, watch this, on all flesh. And he said this, he said, your sons and your daughters would prophesy. In other words, they would foretell. They would use the Word of God to speak into the future. And it wouldn't just be a male thing, and it wouldn't just be a female thing. It would be men and women who would be able to have the Word of God in their mouths to prophesy and foretell the future according to the Word of God. And it wouldn't just be for the old men. The old men are going to dream dreams, but the young men are going to see visions. That it's both for the young and the old. That everybody gets included in this. And then he said, I'm going to pour it out on my male and female servants because there was another classification. It were those who were slaves and those who were not slaves, those who were bound and those who were free. But God said in the New Testament, there's going to be no classifications. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your economic status. It doesn't matter your race, your nationality, your ethnicity, that this is going to be for everybody. Everybody gets included in the dreams and visions that it doesn't matter where you are today that God is wanting to speak into your heart and into your life to download something into your spirit beyond your circumstances beyond where you are today and listen here's here here's the question here's the question is God wants to breathe divine inspiration to download into our hearts a better vision by the Holy Spirit but here's here's the question Are we at home in heavenly places? Are we at home in heavenly places? I've had the privilege and the opportunity, and listen, I I hope you'll receive this with grace because I'm not trying to talk down or condemn or preach at anybody this morning. I just want to use this for an illustration because I've I've had a front row seat of a lot of years of running multiple services per weekend. I, this is my fourth service to be in this weekend. I do this every weekend. I'm in church multiple times. And I get the opportunity to participate in worship, but also to observe worship. And I've noticed in, in, in some services where we have the opportunity to be in the presence of God, but people just aren't 
they're not at home in, in the present. They're not at home in heavenly places. Here's the reality and here's the question. Are we more at home in darkness than we are in light? Are, are we more at home in just being opportunistic and driven by our senses of what we see and what's right in front of us and, and, and the desires of our life? Or are we more at home there than we are in the presence of God? Because I've, I've noticed something. I've noticed that, man, when people aren't comfortable, like it's so tight sometimes. We, we, we start singing the same songs and preach the same message, but, but people are just so tight and uncomfortable. The presence of God is so unfamiliar to them. And, and it's crazy. It binds everything up. Nobody responds. It's funny. Sometimes people can't even laugh at a joke. Like there's no joy in their life. They're just completely bound up. And I could take you. We, we measure fresh starts and decisions for Christ. And I could take you back and I could show you where people just were not at home and in heavenly places. And it's crazy. People don't see Jesus in those moments. They don't respond to God. But then there's other moments where I step into services and there's just people who are, who are at home in heavenly places. And, and the presence of God isn't foreign to them and, and hands are lifted and people are engaging the message and laughter comes freely and there's joy and there's presence and, and then we go and give people an opportunity to see Jesus for the first time and hands go up all across the room because it just opens people's eyes and, and people stream out of these doors with <laughs> I'm sorry it messes with me people stream out of these doors with tears streaming down their face because whatever they were walking under when they came in they're not walking under it anymore God's shown them something better it's the power of being at home in the presence of God with the people of God and I think that's why David said this he said oh magnify the Lord with me let us exalt his name together and I think we just need to be people of peer pressure we've always heard peer pressure in a negative context but I believe in peer pressure in a positive context that's where there's so many people leading in the presence of God so many people leading in worship so many people at home in the presence of God that you can't help but get swept up into heavenly places and David said oh magnify the Lord with me in other words I came in and God was small but I got around some people of the light and when I walked out God was bigger than my problems God was bigger than my pain God was bigger than my life and I just want to create a church that says follow me as I follow Christ because I'm leading into the things of God come on let's let's magnify the Lord together
Listen, people may have placed an identity on you. You may have seen yourself through just the opportunities you've responded to, but can I tell you that's not the vision for your life? That what God is showing and breathing all across this room right now. These are the moments that you see clearly who He is and the things that God has in store for you. These are the moments where vision comes alive. Today, I just believe that as we sing these songs about light in the darkness, that sons and daughters all across this room, on all flesh, God is breathing vision. God is giving dreams. God is personalizing His Word in your heart and in your life. For some of us in this room, maybe, maybe there's been dreams and vision. But it's gone dormant. It's gone dark. And here's the cool thing. is the same power that raised Christ from the grave 2,000 years ago is resurrecting dreams and visions in this room right now. That God is speaking into our hearts. I want to lead you in a prayer today. And again, I, I hope that my demeanor and my words are just so seasoned with grace. Because I, I, I just want to have a moment of honesty that maybe maybe for some of us we're more at home in, in the darkness than we are in the light. That we're more at home not in the presence of God than we are in the presence of God. Maybe today you've never maybe you've never turned the light on. Maybe you've never received the light of the world. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart and into your life. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you've never done that, here's what I'm believing. I'm believing that as you receive Christ, that the light's turning on and you're leaving this place with a totally different worldview. Maybe you've been somebody who, who was a believer, but for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe the God of this world has blinded your mind and your heart. Today, you need to just make a fresh start, a new beginning with Christ. I'm going to lead us in a prayer today just so that you can have this moment to receive Christ. In essence, just turn the light back on. And here's the cool thing. All of these people, all of these people in this room today, we're all going to say this prayer together because we're going to say this. You can follow us as we're following Christ. And you're not praying this prayer by yourself. You're surround people who are believing for the best. Come on, if this is you, I'm going to give you the words. But I want you to say this prayer from your heart if you're receiving Christ for the first time. Come on, Coast Life family. Let's lead the way in this moment. Everybody in the room, would you say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I receive you now. Make me a new person. Wash away my past. Forgive me of my sin. Today I follow you. I will walk in your path. I will follow your ways. I receive you now as my leader and my Lord. And I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. 
Thank you for being with us on the podcast today. And a great big thank you to all of those who financially support the ministry of Coast Life Church. Your generosity is helping us and resourcing us to bring God's word into people's hearts and lives. And if you've never given and would like to, you can go to mycoastlifechurch.com forward slash give. And just know that you're resourcing and equipping us to bring the encouragement of God's word into people's lives. Another way that you can make a difference is by simply hitting the subscribe button. Just know that means so much to us to know that you're leaning in to the Word of God. And a great big thing that you can do is hit the share button. Let other people know that there is encouragement and God's Word is there to resource them because we're here just to lead people into abundant life in Christ so they can experience life on top of life on top of life. God bless you.